So that's um, cooked chicken, maybe in Justice's case, but it could be any other meat. It could be um, cooked vegetables. It could even be raw vegetables as well. Now, in my mind, that's absolutely fine. And if have you got a fussy dog? I know it's a really common problem that a lot of pet owners have. And in today's question, I'm talking all about what different foods you can add to their diet to try and help them eat, as well as some other strategies to get your fussy dog to eat. And I'm also touching on the ever controversial and ever topical subject of raw feeding. So let's get going. Welcome to Call the Vet, the show that answers all your dog and cat questions so they can live healthier, happier lives. And here's your host, veterinarian Dr. Alex Avery. You're listening to episode number 51 of the Call the Vet podcast. Welcome along. I'm really happy to have you along sharing your earbuds with me. And if we've not met before, then I'm Dr. Alex and I'm the veterinarian behind ourpetshealth.com. I've been in general practice since 2006. And my aim on these podcasts is to give you the information that you need to help you look after your pet to the best of your ability. So a lot of what I'm talking about today is dogs. You'll definitely get some tips if you've just got a cat, if you're only a cat owner. And I've got a whole load of back catalogue episodes all about different topics that you'll definitely find valuable. So if you're not already make sure you're subscribed. Hit that subscribe button on whatever app you're listening to. And if you are subscribed and you do enjoy what you're hearing and you've listened to a couple of episodes, I'd appreciate it more than you can imagine if you could head over to Apple Podcast and leave me a review, preferably a five-star review, as well as a couple of sentences, just to let other people know that this is something that is worth their while listening to. It's got valuable information and it will help them and their pets. And that will help me reach more people and help more pets, which is what I'm all about. And then just before I jump into today's question and answer, I wanted to let you know about the Our Pets Health Academy. So this is a new community that I'm launching and it's going to be the one community to join to optimise your pet's health and happiness through a mix of courses, downloadable resource, exclusive live training and Q&A sessions with me and a member only forum where you'll get the support that you need should anything happen to your pet or if you've got any questions about how to look after them to the best of your ability, no matter what resources are available to you. So this is going to be launching soon. The Our Pets Health Academy is going to be launching very soon. And you can head over to ourpetshealthacademy.com to sign up to the waiting list and you're going to get access to a never-to-be-repeated opening offer if you're listening live. If you're listening to this on replay um, and it's been released for a little while, if you head over to ourpetshealthacademy.com, you'll find all the details and you can join the community today. So make sure you check that out. I'd really love to hear your thoughts and I'd love you to be part of the opening team that really crafts this into the number one place, the number one community on the internet that all pet owners should consider. But that's it from me with the intro. Let's get into today's question. And this week's question is a real doozy. It was sent in by Justice, and I know it's going to just um, be relevant to so many of you out there. So Justice wrote, "Um, I believe there are both benefits in raw diets and processed diets. However, my dog has a hard time being interested in his food enough to eat it, and he struggles with keeping weight on. I've tried all different mixes of food, so I was wondering if I could mix both cooked chicken and other cooked items to a raw diet into his daily ration of 
processed food. So there's a whole load of different topics to cover in this question. Um, and I know you're going to find something that, you know, will be a really valuable take home to you and to how you feed your dog. And I'm going to start with the ever popular raw versus cooked diet debate. So really, there's so much to cover here. But to give a brief run through, let's you know talk about the risks and the benefits to both of these diets, certainly the risks and the benefits as we know them and as we are currently aware of them, which is a big thing because actually, as I'll discuss, the evidence behind a lot of the things that we feed our pets is actually not as strong as you might imagine. it, And a lot of it, as you can maybe tell from kind of internet discussions, which frequently turn into arguments on social media, um, you know, it, it's something that raises a lot of passion. People feel very strongly about it, but actually, the evidence behind those feelings, uh, you know, is maybe hearsay and and kind of stories rather than actually anything that's really concrete that we can hang our hat on. So let's start off with raw feeding. So what are the risks of raw feeding? Uh, and there are a number that we definitely know of. There's the risk of parasites. So depending on the meat, depending on the the actual uh, type of animal that that meat comes from, depends on what those risks of parasites are but the I guess big ones are tapeworms but there's you know various other ones and depends on which part of the world as well that you're in the big risk is infection so that's with things like salmonella campylobacter e coli those kinds of infections and you know let's be honest most animals are not going to have problems with those infections even if it's present in that meat that you're feeding and you know certainly when it comes to chicken if you're feeding raw chicken then 99.9% of the time there is going to be uh, some level of bacterial contamination in that other meats less it's less frequent but it's still not that uncommon now um so it's not going to affect your dog but the big risk as well is to us and, you know, our pets aren't particularly clean when they eat. They're going to spread uh, food outside of their bowl. They're also going to carry those bugs around in their mouth, on their tongue. They're going to pick up toys uh, and coat that with with the bugs. Uh, they're going to lick you and transfer um, infection to you. Now, again, if you are a normal healthy adult and you wash your hands before you eat, you practice normal good hygiene measures, then the risks of that to you are again very very low but if you've got young children in the house if you're elderly um, if there is a problem with your immune system so if you're on um, immunosuppressants for example that kind of medication and, and that's knocking your immune system then that risk of infection does become higher and those infections can be very serious and they can even be fatal I mean that's not particularly common by any stretch of the imagination but that infection risk is real and that's going to really just depend on who's in your house, the lifestyle that you lead, uh, you know, practicing good hygiene and all that kind of thing. And then so that's that's the main risk. And that's the main thing that we worry about with raw feeding. And the main reason that we don't necessarily recommend that, uh, certainly for all pet owners as a, as a blanket recommendation. And then the final problem with raw feeding is potentially a lack of balance so depending on how you're formulating that diet it's really common for home prepared diets to lack a balance so then don't contain absolutely all the the nutrients that your dog will need especially if they're growing to grow but just to maintain themselves and that may have kind of insidious impact insidious impacts on their health they may not be quite as healthy as they could otherwise be and it may impact their health further down the line so that's the risks, the potential risks of raw feeding. As for what the benefits are, 
well, there's actually been nothing proven. There's not been any situation where raw feeding has proven, has actually been scientifically shown to be better. Now, that's not to say that it hasn't because it hasn't been proven not to be better, if that makes sense. So there's not really any evidence rather than it's been shown not to be better. So I hope that's clear. Now, let's move on to commercial food, commercial cooked food and the risks of feeding this. And there are risks. Anyone who says there are not risks of any of feeding anything is is really not telling the whole truth. So there's contamination risks. There's you hear stories every now and then of uh, them containing chemicals that shouldn't be there uh, because of some kind of dubious source of meat is often a common one. There can be formulation errors as well, so that can result in you know really quite serious things. So. A a uh, 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 one that was kind of more recent, so I think it was about a year ago, about twelve months ago, was um some Hills diets. They had a formulation error where they had a really high level of vitamin D. Now that can then cause problems, and that can actually be fatal if it's present in really high amounts. So that was a real, you know, real problem with that particular diet. So there was a formulation error there, or an ingredient error, I guess. Um, the diet itself, if it had been made correctly was great as a as a good diet but it was made incorrectly there was a bad batch and there were significant uh, consequences of that and then another commercial risk is feeding kind of fatty boutique diets that maybe are unproven um, and they're really driven by marketing so the marketing department comes up with an idea they then create a diet around that idea and that can have unknown consequences and the good example of this is the grain-free diet um, certain grain-free diets especially those that are rich in peas and lentils um, potato and sweet potato as their main carbohydrate source um, those grain-free diets in dogs have been shown in a few instances to result in heart failure in dogs that would otherwise not be expected to get that particular type of heart failure and really grain-free diets is a massive marketing claim there's no benefit to feeding a grain-free diet in the vast majority of cases so a very few number of individuals will have a grain allergy a grain intolerance uh, but that's really the very 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 much the minority rather than the majority of dogs Um, and so it's really marketing they've kind of latched onto the the human um, grain free market if you like and thought people will want to feed their dogs exactly the same way that they're feeding themselves and so that's where that's come from and what are the benefits then of commercial diets well there are definitely specific diets that have proven to be really valuable treatment options in certain medical conditions so things like osteoarthritis um, skin disease cystitis in cats um, there are specific diets that we recommend feeding that uh, if you like it's like a medication it's been shown to successfully reduce the frequency reduce the severity of those diseases or treat the diseases uh, kind of completely in some cases so that's kind of a lot of information about raw versus commercial diets there's a whole lot more to get into that i won't get into today i've written a complete um massively in-depth review of those risks and benefits um and i'll leave a link in the show notes i think it's about a um six or seven thousand word article so if you really want to read something meaty definitely head over to the show notes and you can pick that up get your questions answered at callthevet.org And so let's move on to adding other ingredients, other cooked ingredients to either a raw diet or a cooked commercial diet. So that's um, cooked chicken, maybe in Justice's case, but it could be any other meat. It could be um, cooked vegetables. It could even be raw vegetables as well. Now, 
in my mind, that's absolutely fine. And if that's what needs to happen for, for you to be happy about what you're feeding, but also to make it interesting enough for your dog to um, be eating on a regular basis, then I've got no problems with that at all. Uh, and in fact, you know, if we think of a diet, we can think of treats and maybe we can think of these kind of added things as treats. They can make up about 10% of the calorie intake for your dog quite happily. So just like most things kind of anything in moderation is absolutely fine you know and in fact i guess if we're talking about adding things to a commercial diet then adding things like cooked chicken gets away from a lot of those risks that we talked about with the raw meat so one thing to consider though is that adding a significant amount of these extras to a commercial diet may have the effect of making it unbalanced because if your dog is kind of eating all of those extras and then not eating all of their diet or they're just not getting much of that commercial diet because you're adding all of these other things, it may be that that does make it slight, um, slightly unbalanced and so not providing all of the um, vitamins, minerals or the nutrients that your dog needs for optimal health. Now, the chances of that being a problem are probably pretty slim, but it depends on your dog's requirements. You know, are they a young growing dog, in which case, it's much more important that they do get optimal nutrition for growth. Um, but really, adding anything as a topper to improve the palatability of a diet, to improve how tasty it is and how readily your dog accepts that and eats that, it's really unlikely to be a problem. There are a lot of other ways, though, that you can get your fussy dog to eat better. Now, one of the big problems, and especially in small breed dogs, in toy breed dogs, and they're the ones that seem to be or the, the ones that in my consult room their owners are most concerned about them being fussy is that actually they often don't really need to eat very much at all. So if we're feeding a, a cooked commercial diet, so a kibble diet especially, you know, a little goes a long way and they can be quite energy dense depending on which diet you're feeding. And so it can look like they're really not eating very much and you worry that they're not eating enough when in actual fact they're really tiny anyway. So their energy requirements are very low because of their size. Also, they're quite often not the most active dogs. So they might be, you know, might be you live in an apartment and you, you know, they don't get an awful lot of exercise or they, you know, just get once around the block and that's enough for them. They get a bit tired after that. But really those energy requirements for their life um, because of their size and their activity levels are really, um, you know, not very high. So if your dog is otherwise happy, if they seem to have plenty of energy, if they're, um, you know, not losing weight, if they're not underweight, and that's an, a whole other topic about obesity. In fact, very often these small dogs that are fussy are overweight as well. And that just tells me that they're getting more calories than they need. They're eating plenty. Um, but anyway, I've got, yeah, kind of got on, gone off on a bit of a tangent there. I do have a whole other article all about how other kind of other ways to get your fussy dog to eat so again head over to the show notes if you do have a really fussy dog you know you're not keen on trying toppers or even if you're adding a few extra bits and pieces that's not uh, kind of helping your dog eat better or eating to your satisfaction head over to the show notes check out that article as well to give you a lot more strategies about that <laughs> And then just before I go, I'd like to remind you just about the Our Pets Health Academy that I'll be launching. So head over to ourpetshealthacademy.com. I'd love to see you over there. I'd love for you to get involved as a founding member. Uh, and remember, this is the community that is going to optimise your pet's health and happiness with a whole load of courses, downloadable resources, exclusive live training and Q&A sessions with me and a member-only forum. So it's going to provide a huge amount of value and I'd love for you to join me over there. So that's it 
ourpetshealthacademy.com. There's going to be a fantastic opening offer for you to get your hands into if you sign up to the waitlist there. And until next time, I'm Dr. Alex. This is the Call the Vet podcast. Take care. You've been listening to Call the Vet. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and we'll see you on the next episode of the show that answers all of your pet questions.